Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and profane move together like two sides of the same coin. I found that in modern spirituality, we often separate the sacred and the profane. We look at certain things as being holy and good and others as being bad. And I've actually found that the most magical part of life is finding the divinity, the healing, and the transformation in all of it. In this podcast, you can expect to hear stories from people on all sorts of walks of life. You'll hear from a doctor, a sex worker, a poet, a motivational speaker, an activist, a mother, a birth doula, and all sorts of other people who are walking on an embodied path of healing and transformation as a soul awakening this lifetime. Each one of our guests will be sharing their mystical and numinous and spiritual awakenings, how the sacred has touched their lives and the profane too, how they have explored life through sex, drugs, birthing, meditation, prayer, experiencing death and life, and all sorts of different elements that God, Goddess Divine, speaks to us through. If you found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't just fit into the simple ideas of good and bad, of spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome. Okay, so today's episode is just me. I know, like, what? Why would you do that? (laughs) I've been putting off recording this for a while. I was like, I don't really know if I need to do that whole solo podcast thing, you know, like, why? But I realize some people listening might not um, know me, and it's a good opportunity, first and foremost, to introduce myself. And also, it's a good opportunity for uh, me to share certain teachings that would really live well here. So like everything in life is just stretching into new places and getting uncomfortable. And this is a space also where I would love for you all to submit questions and, you know, different things that you'd love to hear me speak on. But first I want to tell you who I am so you can like actually feel into why you'd even want to listen to me speak on certain things because there's so many people out there talking about so many things. I think because of the internet, like there's never been such an influx of information. So the choice as to who you listen to and you bring into your nervous system and into your heart and into your space is like a very sacred choice. You know, I don't do that haphazardly. It's like, You know, I wouldn't just like pick up a random like cup at a party and just like drink it down just because it has like a pretty, you know, sort of picture on the outside. I'd really like to think about, do I want to put that in my body? Do I really want to drink that? Well, I guess it depends how old I am and, you know, all of these other factors, but you get what I mean. So there's this aspect of like, hey, before I you know, come into your world and your space, like I'd love to tell you a little bit about me. And some of you may have read my book, Fuck Like a Goddess, Heal Yourself, Reclaim Your Voice, and Stand in Your Power, that came out with Sounds True, the publisher, um, in July of 2020. So you might actually kind of feel like you 
or have heard a lot about me because of that, which is awesome. And you might be new. You might not know me. You might be someone who's been following me on IG for the last few years, or you might be an old school, like you've known me since back in the day. So some people might know me from my web show, Be Here Now-ish, which is kind of one of the coolest things I've ever created. And I made it in collaboration with another creator, filmmaker, writer, uh, Natalia Lute. Back in, we were, let's see, we were, I got to tell you a little bit of a story now. So I was, you know, I went to art school. I started writing like mystical art, performance art, theater with visuals, like when I was about 19. My first play, which I wrote with a few friends, had the, the music of Krishna Das, any KD fans out there, playing in it. Well, there was like this crazy, like sort of um, movement improv thing happening with like lights flashing. It was super deep and intense and beautiful. Um, my second play was when I was like, I think 21, which let's let, let me give you some numbers here. So I went to college in 2002. So I was 21 in like 2003 or something like that. Um, (laughs) so this is pre Facebook, pre Instagram, pre smartphone, just a whole nother life. We can kind of like even consider what that was like to be on the path of your deepest becoming, you know, without this crazy influx of information, which is a part of like the discernment that I want to talk about today and how we discern what we take in, in these times so that we don't become so overloaded that we become our, our core essence gets kind of you know, watered down because we're taking in so many other people's voices. And so anyway, I'm going to come back around to that. But, um, you know, my journey has been about expressing the depth of my soul, my heart, what's touched me and moved me through art, theater, playwriting, poetry, film, TV, book. (laughs) And, um, And that's, you know, happened since I was about 18 and I'm 37 now. And so this web show, Be Here Now-ish, I created with, I co-created when I was 28. I think we started writing it. And so I was in New York. I had written some scripts. I'd written, I'd made some short films. They'd played in galleries. Um, You know, I'd made my first independent feature film, Mary Marie, which you can find on Amazon, which I wrote, starred, and directed in. It premiered at the Brooklyn Film Festival. It was super fun. Then it did a bunch of different festivals, not like A-list festivals, Um, but it was still really epic. And then I sold that film to a distributor. Um, but then I was, I, I was still broke. I was working as a nanny and personal assistant to this epic art dealer in New York city. I mean, she is incredible. She like gave me her like Louboutins and, um, and like a Celine bag. And she just, you know, she taught me so much about being a woman, not that it's about shoes and bags, but she was an amazing business owner, mother, host, Um, she was graceful and anyway, shout out to her. But during this time before I wrote Be Here Now, I was really like, I was a writer in New York city and I also had a job, which was, you know, being a nanny and cooking for a family. And I'd never cooked for anyone before. 
And so um, when I interviewed for this job, it was actually passed to me by someone else who was an actor writer. And she was like, you know, I used a nanny for this family and they're amazing. And I came in and they were like, well, do you cook? And I was like, no, I mean, I can cook like basics, but I don't really cook. And she was like, well, could you try it? And I was like, yeah, because I'm a fucking overachiever and I can do anything, you know, I'm like, and a people pleaser and all of this. I'm like, uh-huh, sure. I can, I'll try it. Well, three years later, I was like catering 14 people dinner for her and making a cocoa vas, lamb chops. At the time, I think I was a vegetarian and never cooked lamb in my life. So but during this time, I met um, this this woman, Natalia, and she was like, do you want to go to L.A. with me for, like, the winter and we can just, like, do some writing and we're, like, we're going to do our first ayahuasca ceremony and, um, you know, like, let's do it. So at the time, you know, we were both, I guess, yeah, 28 and it's, like, almost 10 years ago, which is insane. And we, you know, we came to LA and we like scheduled our first ayahuasca ceremony (laughs) and, um, and, and I quit that job. She, she was like, you should just quit that job. Like you, you're over it. Like it's time to like, let go. I didn't have much money in the bank. But after we did this ceremony, we were in this house and we just got this idea for this show be here now-ish. And really the show was about our lives. It was like, we are these, you know, sort of like hipster glam New York gals, like who like to do drugs, like to party, like to play, but we're also sort of mystical and weird and like, you know, deep and poetic. And we also like to do plant medicine. And so we, we didn't really feel like we fit into the mold of like what a spiritual person is. And so that's actually part of why I wanted to create this podcast because I feel like I attract into my community and sphere like the type of, you know, women more than anything that are, that don't fit into the mold, you know, that have been labeled sluts or that like have, um, you know, don't resonate with certain aspects of spiritual community. Um, they don't maybe resonate with a being good or being a good girl. Um, and, and, some of them maybe have resonated with being an outsider or whatever. So the, that aspect I got to play out in the show. And honestly, that show was like such an epic piece of my um, creation at that time. And a lot of people saw it and I got a lot of press for it. And it was super fun. And actually, I, I channeled, my subconscious channeled the character and wrote this character who was like a coach in L.A. And it's so funny because that reminds me how we can really, like our soul's texture of being is written into us. So like some of our experiences that are forthcoming are already, I mean, I don't know if they're all written. I don't know if it's happening in simultaneous time, but I know with this thing, my soul knew that I was going to move to LA and my soul knew that I needed to step into the position of, of service and helping people. And, um, so my soul wrote this character and we thought it was hilarious that I was going to be this like coachy, like LA, like, Oh my God, clean up your life. And like, you can do it girl. And, um, so that was the character that I ended up playing and she is really cute and funny. And then, you know, a few years later, I actually started coaching women. And then like, you know, so many people were, I thought, oh my God, they're going to think I'm such a dork, 
you know, they're going to think I've totally lost it, um, that I've kind of like become this character that I wrote. But of course there's this, there's this line in, in the show that, that she's like, Oh my God, you've lost all your edge. And, you know, I did make a vow to myself, even if I, as I entered into the wellness community, and that I would not lose my edge, you know, I would not lose that freaky texture of my being, you know, the more colorful part of myself, the part of myself that like can go into a dance club in Berlin and like take off my shirt and dance in my bra sober or, you know, that like, you know, can, can, can step into many different environments and feel at home. So that brought me then to where I am now and creating Moon Club, which turned into Radical Awakenings. And Moon Club was another kind of like visionary thing where like Be Here Now-ish was a show that made fun of spirituality and had fun with it. But like before memes existed and TikTok and all this stuff. And now you have thousands and millions of people like making kind of spiritually satirical memes. Similar thing happened when I created Moon Club, which is like no one online was doing moon ritual at the time. And we did the first moon rituals over Zoom that I have, I've researched far and wide. So I don't, that's not like a statistic that I can like back up with science, but I will say I did a lot of research. And so me and Ruby Warrington created Moon Club and we, we did that. And that was like so epic. I was doing these like deep channelings of spirit to hundreds of people online. And this was like back in 2016. So the, the through line for me has been following my own voice and connecting to what that is and being in my deepest expression, even when it falls outside of like the norms, whether it's the spiritual norms or the artistic or whatever industry or space that I'm existing in, I'll just still be fully committed to the expression that's coming through me, even when it doesn't fit in or even when it doesn't feel acceptable. And so you know, as I sort of transitioned from like the New York cool kid scene into a more spiritual LA scene, I was like, I do not fit in here at all. I just felt like such a fucking outsider. I was like, I'm not trying to be like some, you know, cookie cutter version of spirituality or whatever. Like I've lived, I've, I loved, I've, you know, I've traveled around the world. I've made movies. I've loved men. I've loved women. I've done lots of different types of drugs. I've lived in, you know, a monastery. I've 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 studied all sorts of spiritual traditions. I, you know, went in the caves in Nepal. I've received tantric initiations in India. Like I'm, I I, I just like I I can't with some sort of a flattened idea of what's spiritual or not. So I felt like very much like an outsider many of the years in LA because I felt like I would go to parties and go to events and I was supposed to be this certain thing, you know, which is what is quote unquote spiritual or conscious. And like, I didn't look like that and I didn't feel like that. And I knew what it felt like for myself when I wasn't going into sacred space. When I entered into a sacred space with other people, I could feel, oh my God, it feels like home here. It feels like heart here feels like love here and that space it's like you can't fake that right but that space is also relative to each person's experience entering into that space so back to you know and then I'll just to catch you up then I wrote my book and thank you for all the people who bought it 
and that's been really epic. And now I've been working with um, people as a coach and a mentor privately for the last five years while simultaneously still maintaining my identity as an artist and a writer and um, writing poetry and also leading retreats and also just writing in general. So um, that's kind of like the 411 about me if you don't know me that's the short story and within all of that there's so many sort of caverns and portals to my own um expression and my own um pursuit of my soul's journey because it's been about that more than anything and I've really listened more than anything even when it's been really freakish like graduated from college and I heard the, like the call that you should move to Portland. So I didn't know anyone in Portland, but my spiritual teacher, Bobby Drennan at the time said, there's something for you in Portland. And I was like, cool, just move there. (laughs) And, um, I was 18, no, I was 21 and, um, moved to Portland and, you know, like rode on my vintage Schwinn with my, um, in my communal house and I had just gone to witch camp and slept under a tarp in the woods. And, you know, I had also gone to the rainbow gathering that summer and, um, you know, kind of like fell in love around the, around the drum circle with like, you know, a busking, um, reggae, uh, musician. (laughs) Same summer, I think that I or different summer where I fell in love with like a guy who lived in a tree house in the swamps in Georgia, who was like my first sort of like Kundalini tantric kind of, um, lover had my first experience, uh, that summer also with like, uh, channeling different visions and, and it went going into sweat lodge and fasting. And so, you know, my early twenties were super into, yoga and fasting and different types of meditation and like, you know, going off into the woods alone and having those experiences. I lived in Italy and I like lived in a bit of like a culty kind of experience with these yogis there for a while, which was epic, fell in love with a monk, but he didn't look like a monk because he was wearing normal clothes. And so, you know, I've led um, a robust life. I don't know what you would call it, but it's, it's been fun, you know, (laughs) and, um, and a lot of those experiences happened before an iPhone. Thank God, because that would be so tragic if I had my iPhone and all those fucking experiences and was sharing it because, oh God, it's just some of the most magical experiences are of our life, I think would get so, oh, they would just get just flattened in in certain ways if we were broadcasting them live to others, you know. So I really cherish the the fact that I have all these experiences that just live in my heart and I can tell you as a story, but like I didn't like, you know, blast them on the internet. Also, I went through some really embarrassing phases, so I'm glad they're not blasted on the internet, but I will say a documentary that I co-created with Natalia called life of life. Well, it's called every woman life as a truck, truck stop stripper. I can't even say it because I'm like, blah, 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 blah. but, um, you know, that was around the same phase as being here now. when we wanted to create a show where we went into different communities of women that people would generally consider to be more fringe or to be decisions or vocations or lifestyles that would be considered, um, taboo. So, 
we were like, okay, cool. We're going to go be strippers. We're going to be nuns. Um, and like not be them obviously, but go live and learn in those communities and maybe debunk the sort of stigma around why women would make certain choices with their lives. Um, so our intentions were really, I think, kind of pure and loving and beautiful as we we're going into these communities. Our TV show didn't get picked up, but the one episode that was broadcast publicly is when, when we worked at the strip club. And I think maybe 13 to 15 million people have seen it. So I've had this aspect of my myself, my sexuality, my path that has been public. And I've been on several television shows. I was on Steven Soderbergh's TV show, The Nick, where I have a sex scene with Clive Owen. And I play a prostitute with Clive Owen. I think her name was Rose. We did some heroin. Um, so I've had a funny life like that. It's just like, what is that? Like, how? I don't even know. <laughs> and I was on another TV show that that's called Sex Slash Life, another TV show, Vice Land Sludever. And I'm going to be on, I think maybe like six episodes of a TV show coming out later this year. Not, I, I just, I know I'm on it. I just don't know how many episodes. <laughs> and that one, you know, premiered to 55 million people. So this kind of karma, I don't know where it came from. Honestly, it's not something that I like was like, in my bedroom being like, Oh my God, please. Um, it just happens, you know? So, um, but that's, that's me, my life rich and colorful. And there's like a lot of colorful people around me, interesting people that I've met on my journey and I want to introduce them here. So I'm really trying to find people from different walks of life on this show so that you can see that like the spiritual path, the mystical path is not just, what you think it is. Like, I mean, maybe you think it, maybe you know exactly what it is. Who am I to say? <laughs> but the, the mystical path is like, it's fucking vast and it encompasses the sacred and the profane. And so like the high level that I'd like for you to meet me on, I want to invite you into is that you can see beyond good and bad and like, oh, that's bad. And like, okay, so like push that away and like, ew, that's gross. And, but that you can see that it's all God, that it's all creation, that it's all like divine mother's fucking dope magic. And that you can be a more nu nuanced practitioner of whatever practices you do or whatever, however you'd like to kind of, you know, constant, however you'd like to put that. Maybe you don't call yourself a practitioner. Maybe you call yourself a yogi or an artist or a dreamer. I don't know. You decide. <laughs> but, but that you can experience life more fully. You can experience life more robustly, right? And, you know, I, I like to look back to the mystics who were like in the gutter as much as they were in the temple, you know, and they're able to hang out with the dying or with the people that were considered like to be the worst, you know, and that, um, they even saw like that, that all of these social constructs of what's good and bad are, are just like created by humans. And a lot of them are arbitrary, so I'm asking you to come with that gaze on this show and, you know, some things might be triggering to you. You know, we talk about things like sex toys or sex work or LSD or somebody might talk about, I don't even know, actually, lots of different things. And not just that, we're also talking about babies being born. 
people falling in love. Um, so there's definitely, you know, all spectrums, but this is all spectrums of life, which is God, which is spirit, which is spiritual. We are spiritual. We're emotional. We're physical or psychological beings. So I don't buy into this. Like I'm a spiritual being. Yeah. So is everybody. Everybody has a fucking spirit. You dummy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm a lot nicer than that. Well, some days and some days not. But, you know, if you want to call yourself spiritual, that's cool. But, like, you're also physical. You're also emotional. You're also psychological. So you have all these different elements of your being. Don't try to act like one's fancier than the other. Um, I think that that's it. This is not to sell you as to why to listen uh, to this podcast, but I just wanted to give you a little bit of a background about me and why I care about bringing different diverse stories and voices into the spiritual or wellness space. Um, again, spiritual space, redundant, but into the into the, the world we were exploring and developing our spirituality, wellness, um, relationship to ourself, etc. Like, I love to bring um, voices that you wouldn't really consider as being a spiritual leader, you know, but, but people that are living their expression really fully and exploring the realms of the spirit in ways that you maybe wouldn't kind of think we're okay or you wouldn't see as, um, you know, let's say normal or spiritual. And that's the type of people that I want to bring on here who are exploring the realms of spirit in all the ways. And they can inspire you to just see beyond what you see as spiritual or conscious or woke or whatever mystical, but you can, you can feel into that depth and to feel what it's like for people to really live a mystic life. And and I love to share, you know, stories of just like being on, on just the road, walking and hitchhiking and, and really committing to being in that life of a mystic when I was younger, um, for short periods of time where I just walked along the road with my backpack and, you know, did that life, slept in a little monastery on a hilltop in Italy by myself, no cell phone, no map. And I love to share some of those stories. And some of my friends have also lived that life so deeply. One of them, I'd love to have her on here. She's like a real mystical soul. Um, and anybody can claim any word for themselves nowadays because, well, the internet and well, we're empowered to call ourselves whatever the fuck we want to call ourselves, which is epic. And also, again, you get to discern what sits true in your heart as the type of wisdom and the type of depth and the type of truth that rings true to you because there's no one truth. It's relative to everyone's experience, to everyone's soul's texture, to everyone's karma, to everyone's understanding and awareness. And that's all fabulous. Nothing wrong with it. So you may resonate with something one day and and not the next, and that's fine. You may love me one day and hate me the next, and that's hot. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Well, sort of. Um, So discerning, you know, what wisdom enlivens you, inspires you, activates you, softens you, melts you. And what feels like fluff or what feels like it's just not your, your, you know, your medicine or your, your nutrient right now. And that's fine. Totally fine. Because this 
is a nutrient. This is meant to nourish your soul, inspire, and enliven you. And it might piss you off, and that's part of the nutrient, because it's like kind of shaking loose some clutter. And that's great if that happens. You can pay me later. (laughs) So... Mm. Follow me on Instagram if you don't already, and I'll post like little clips and get on my mailing list if you want to know when new podcasts come out. If you're new to my space, please grab my book, read it. I'd love for you to experience that as well. And I'm happy you're here. I hope you form a relationship, you know, and I hope that, you know, we can over the ethers and the heart space feel each other and then I'll feel you guys as a part of a new kind of budding community and that you'll message me on Instagram tell me like what stood out for you what shook your heart what pissed you off but like not in a blaming way because guess what that's your responsibility but I love you um but you know you can tell me wow that was hard for me to hear you know or whatever or, whoa, that was enlivening to hear. Or, whoa, that, that reminded me of my own pain. And it really, like, that was intense. I don't think many of the stories that we're telling in this first season are super intense. I actually think they're all quite inspiring. But, you know, um, one man's trash is another man's treasure, they say. So who knows? What's inspiring to me may not be to you. And that'll be interesting to, to experience. Um but yeah, keep in touch and I'll do some like episodes where you guys can send me questions and I'll answer them. Like, you know, go ask Alice, go ask Alexandra when she's 10 feet tall. Um, Jefferson airplane. My mother trained me on classic rock. All right, you guys, so lovely to share my first solo cast with you and um, and happy you're here and we get to expand into a new platform and community together. Fuck yeah. Holy fuck yeah. All right, blessings, love, kisses. Bye, everyone. Thank you all for listening glad to share just a little bit more about me as we continue to get to know each other week to week in this journey called a podcast next solo cast from me will be musings about some of my favorite rebel mystics saints poets and dreamers enough about me let's talk about the big ones so stay tuned for that thanks for listening drop me a review subscribe check out my book and i'll see you soon big love